No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing News and Results Podcast. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson. We are back for another episode and I am back from holidays. Uh, if you just missed out, Locked On Lads uh, Twitch, Locked On Lads YT on YouTube and Locked On Lads on Facebook. We just went live with a very special version of the podcast, Locked On iRacing Live. And it was really good fun. So thank you to everyone who joined us. If you want to join us, uh, 7.45 Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, Tuesdays, we will have three to four people up here, special guests, hopefully joining us each week and just talking about what they've been up to. So uh, go check that out. But this is now officially just the news and results podcast that you've been getting for the last couple of weeks anyway. Uh, But this is the fun of it. So uh, I'm Peter. I'm back. I've also got Carl with me tonight. How are you going, mate? I'm good. Thank you, Wilco. It is good to have you back looking well rested and happy indeed. Don't be stupid. You don't need to say things like that about me. Um, I am actually well rested, so uh, that is uh, definitely a big plus. But I'm also joined by the Oval Specialist himself, Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. It's You're back? I am <laughs> back. <laughs> I didn't want to say it's good to have you back. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just back. It's enough. Good it's to see you, mate. Yeah, so it's it's been a it's been a couple of weeks. I've been in Hamilton Island. I drove two thousand four hundred k's uh, round trip up to Airlie Beach and, and places like that. Caught up with a friend, places like Yapoon. Uh, come back through Burham Heads, which Jesus, there's some really good land. We could build a locked on lads mansion there on the water um, for a pretty good price. So if anyone wants to chip in, sponsor the house. Um, locked on Racing will be moving in there sometime soon, but. Uh, the actual Locked On Lads Manor is very close to being built. Uh, so the new studio will be going in there live. We're t- two weeks away from that, and um, which means the new rig and, and things like that is also very, very close. But I'm back. We're here to talk about uh, what's been happening in the iRacing world in Australian, from through the lens of Australian eyes or the lens of Australian idiots. I don't know which way you want to go, but we're here to talk about it. Either way, um, thank you to uh, Brewster Coffee. Uh, definitely a good place. I don't drink coffee, but if I did and I was on my 2,400-kilometer round trip, it would have been a really good way to find out some really good uh, coffee places. Uh, Ashley, do you want to do chip.com? And you can do the best hot chips uh, around Australia because I found some really good places. Miriam Vale, surprisingly good place for hot chips on the side of the road. May have had good coffee, I don't know, but if I wanted to find out, Brewster Coffee would have been the place to go. Thank you for helping sponsor the uh, episode that we're bringing to you right now because he's a legend and he's helping us do stuff and keep the lights on and keep on going. So if you want to do that, hit me up, let me know. Discord, lockedonlads.com slash discord is the place to find us or hit us up on the Facebook page, Locked On Lads. Uh, join those things anyway, even if you don't want to sponsor us because they're really cool, fun places to be. Even though Locked On Lads Facebook's been pretty quiet, I'm back from holidays. We're hopefully getting a social manager, marketing person uh, on board fairly soon. Once their lives not so busy, and uh, once that happens, she'll be starting to get a bit more content again. But um, yeah, thank you for joining us yet again. Let's go into the news because that's what we do. We go straight into the news now. Braden, Max Verstappen sim, sim team. What's going on with them at the moment? Yeah, well, um, he's basically just announced that he's got his personal sort of name over over a sim team uh, now. So Verstappen race, Verstappen.com Racing. Um, and basically, Team Redline's going to fall under this, this new banner, um, as well as some real-world drivers. Uh, the old man, Joss Verstappen, um, also falls under this ba- banner. Uh, I think he's doing some rally these days in Europe. Um, and Thierry Vermeulen, uh, he's also racing in the ADAC GT Masters Championship and falling under the Verstappen.com uh, racing uh, sort of banner as well. So it's pretty much sponsored by Red Bull. Um, so, you know, he's basically, you know, it's uh, if it wasn't confirmed already um, at this point, you could pretty much say that Verstappen's going to be a, a Red Bull person for practically... Uh, <laughs> A long, long time, if not the that rest of his life. He's a long contract, I'd assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, that, 
they're working with him on other projects. He's now, you know, basically he is Red Bull. <laughs> His F1 contract, I think he signed it until the end of time. So, I mean, you know, that, yeah. that's a pretty decent contract length. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, I, like Michael Jordan and, you know, Jordan, the Nike, you know, they ended up just sort of making a Jordan brand shoe sort of because of him. You know, there's those kind of deals that sort of surpass the sport itself and that looks like that um this red bull sort of deal is going to be one that sort of um surpasses the sport of f1 i think he's going to be under the red bull banner for a long long time um but yeah so pretty cool obviously having team red lion underneath his um wing the team he drive drives for in the sim anyway um is pretty cool so it's definitely going to be a strong team uh that he's got going for him so he's definitely um yeah setting himself up and we if you haven't watched the video or videos about Max Verstappen talking about sim racing and his love for it and his passion for it and his, you know, drive to make it better and bigger and get more people involved. Uh, I don't think there's really a better person to have owning one of the biggest teams. So who do you think started this conversation? Do you reckon Max went to Red Bull and said, this is what I want to do? Or Red Bull was already looking to get into the sim market and thought this was probably their best option? I think Max went to them. To be honest, uh, uh, the way he's talked about sim racing in the past, uh, I I think it would be a him thing pushing that he wants to have his own sim team and probably went, oh, who could I partner with? Oh, well, Red Bull's not a bad idea. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's probably been him. Um, but, you know, maybe Red Bull have had their eye on doing something as well. And I think you, if you're Red Bull and Max has an idea, you probably say, yes, Max, do, do as you please. <laughs> So they say in the Formula One team, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> like, I've heard when I've talked to I don't know actually who sources are in the in the past. We talked to a fair few people about about things, and I know the one thing Red Bull is always interested in is they'll only do something if they're going to be at the top. Um, so it makes sense because Red Line, if if they're not winning. An enduro at like a special event, they're usually the top two or three, unless he he makes a what someone makes a big blunder. Um, so whenever there's a special event that rolls around, you will see red line at the top. So it's a very smart option. Where do we see Giz falling into line with this? Like we know Giz is a very big sim sim racer. He's also with Red Bull. Does he get pulled into this at any stage? Is he, already, he, already he with Red Line? Yeah, he already races with Red Line so, as well. So, how how much is he going to push this side of it? Because we already know he's already got no time. So he's he's racing V8s, he's racing rally, he's he's doing motocross, I think, whenever he can as well. So he's meant to be in the six hour, I'm pretty sure, on the weekend that just went. Um, yeah, it's and well, he's going to Le Mans too, I think. Last time I heard. Yeah, yeah, he's got his Apex Hunters League as well. Like he just does everything. I I think. Um, but. Oh, he'll drive for them when he can, you know, whenever he would have been in, he would have been driving for them in the Nürburgring 24, I'd assume. The only reason why he wouldn't have been was because the V8s were on that weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think he'd be pretty heavily involved. No, I don't think he necessarily is driven with Max in the past. Um, obviously, Red Lion have multiple um, yeah. teams going at it, um, but I know he drove for, for them um, at the Daytona 24. So, yeah, big names. It's, you know, there's no bigger name than Redline. And if there is, you know, there's Coanda. It's basically Coanda, Redline, and a couple others are starting to um, sort of get themselves up there. Um, is it Veloce Racing? Uh, one of them at the moment. And there's another one. Um, but yeah, it's, the esports scene is just sort of getting bigger and bigger, which is good to see. Now, do you see any. I. Do you see another team doing the similar thing or another big brand doing the same thing or another driver talking a big brand into doing the same thing as a competitor? Is there anyone likely? Uh, I mean, Roman Roman Grosjean is pretty heavily involved in the sim racing scene. I know that he's, you know, driven before and um, has, I think he might have his own esports team in the Formula 1 series, I think. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I think in the F- F1 series. So, you know, there's people like that out there. There are um, people involved, but maybe not quite at this level. Okay. So 
going from that, I'm going to jump a story ahead um, because we're talking about eyes on iRacing and eyes on esports in particular and how, you know, getting Max with Red Bull is going to do such a thing. Like Redline will just elevate themselves so much further ahead to the point where I'm not sure if, if let's say, you know, McLaren decides let's, they've already got McLaren Shadow, I guess, as well. Uh, but it's not uh, not as big as what that sounds like it's going to be. But you know, someone like let's say Mercedes goes, let's let's get our hands in into sim racing. Like they want to do it pretty hard because they don't want to see sim, like Mercedes being beaten by Red Bull every weekend in in online events. Well, their problem is Lewis Hamilton hates sim racing. No, exactly. <laughs> he? effectively, he he refuses to drive the sim at Mercedes just about. So I can't imagine him doing any sim racing in his free time, let alone. Yeah, but I'm not talking about him. But billion dollar sim they probably have set up. <laughs> but but them getting a team together that's got nothing to do with him. But him getting them getting some actually good drivers and and competing. But they wouldn't do that because they'd have to commit so heavily to it. Now Red Bull's going into uh, it. Yeah, well, they'd have people in the um, the F1 esports. People that have people driving for them um, under that banner. But I don't know how seriously they take it. It's not not a scene that I'm involved in. But let's go on to what I was just about to allude to with Summit 1G is back into iRacing and brought fame to a, a little lonely Australian uh, streamer as well. Well, he's not so little anymore. He's, <laughs> I know, he's, he's huge. He's, <laughs> I just wanted to make fun of him. Twitch partner. He was in our chat before in the live one, so let's make fun of Daniel Gray. Yeah, so, yeah, he jumped. just happened to be perusing uh through the iRacing streams yesterday and i was like you know i've followed follow daniel and uh, he, i just happened to i'm like 4.8 k like 5k what the heck's going on like and then i i realized what had happened it made the connections in my head um yeah but the last few days summit's been back on on iRacing he finally today actually jumped out of the mx5 for the first time and was Having a wow. drive in the Ferrari GT3, I don't know if he did a Ferrari fixed race um, or he was about to do one. I didn't get to catch it, but um, yeah, he'd been basically exclusively driving the MX-5. Um, but yeah, I just think it's cool seeing a big streamer like that, you know, jumping into the iRacing community and then, you know, sharing, you know, his audience with, with some of the other, you know, lesser streamers. I know that Daniel's quite a big streamer in our little iRacing community, but compared to someone like Summit 1G, you know, it's a, a drop in drop in the ocean. Um, so I think Daniel, I had a scene in his Discord, um, his viewership peaked at like 11.8K or something when, when he first got raided, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, pretty crazy to see. I don't even know, like, can't even fathom what that's like. I get feel under pressure when I have five people watching me when I'm streaming, so I can't even imagine what it's when like. When have you ever had thousand. five people watching you stream? Uh, I, I made a couple of accounts myself, and then mum <laughs> might have been watching, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> five tab, Four tabs open on the computer and his phone on, you know. Yeah, that that right. all helps. Um, I just want to go back a little bit, just rewind a little yeah, bit yeah. to the um, to, to Red Bull there. Don't forget that Mercedes have effectively iRacing cornered with... Uh, their yeah. their car, um, you know, the only Formula One car you're going to see in i racing, other than the, the you know the old McLaren and the the Williams, is the Mercedes AMG Patronus car. You know, and you it's can't the paint. yeah, you can't paint. It, it, they literally have that corner. They've got that market corner. So you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, if Max ends up driving in a Formula <laughs> One league, he's going to have to drive a Mercedes. Uh, so they don't. They kind of don't need their own team in that respect. They have got, they have got the best advertising you can have because they've got their car on all the coverage for all of the major, you know, sim racing stuff in that respect. Do and you think they're happy with that situation though? Like, I I think they're pretty happy with it. I I mean, it's free advertisement in that respect, and I I get a feeling they get something back from it in some kind of telemetry or something. I don't know. Some sort of interesting feedback. I imagine with the 2022 car, they probably want to get it rushed out as quick as possible so they can actually get data to try and fix it. Um, but you think it, porpoising is going to make yeah. it into iRacing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, that would be great fun for the VR users, wouldn't it? It would be great for anyone with a motion sim. Yeah. <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> if you've got a butt kick, you're not right walking in. it. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're hitting your head on the roof. 
yeah, I guess the the Mercedes being in iRacing is free advertising for them. But if anything, all it's done is made me despise them even more because yeah. like you can't paint the car. <laughs> it just feels so impersonal. Like I understand why they don't want people putting Red Bull stickers all over their cars. Like I don't know, it's just yeah, it's just it's... frustrating. You know, like I I would drive that car probably. Oh, I'd actually bother to drive that car if we could get a locked-on paint done for it. You know, it, it's a super fun car to drive, but I'm just, you know, drive around in it, and you go back and look at your replay or whatever, and you look at the car, and you're like, oh, it just looks like rubbish. Like it's just look, it doesn't look like an iRacing car. It looks like something that's you know from a a mobile game where you have like seven skins you can choose from. You know, I feel like I'm playing Motorsport Manager when I look at my car. So, it, yeah, it is good. And the car's super fun, and I guess it is free advertising, but if anything, it just maybe despise them even more. Yeah, and they do have their own esports team as well, don't forget. Um, they've, they've got um, they've, they've got a couple of drivers. I know they've got a couple of Formula Renault drivers in there um, from memory. So they, they have got an actual esports team, but I don't think they're going to be as... I don't think they take it as... Um, as majorly but maybe with max coming in it will spur some other drivers to actually do something because they want the competition i guess that's the only other thing yeah and look the thing is competition is the best thing for iRacing because you more teams you get in there the more big names like that fighting it out yeah. that's not where it's like a oh, cool red line is is number one they've just got up the the, the next five best drivers and so now, now they're one two in every race they go in that kind of stuff gets boring. We've seen it in um, in many series. Like the, the the best example is Scops, where where TTR is the dominant factor um, for ages in in the, the split one for for many years back. And you watching the five or six of the same cars, slightly different win or share share the win every single week. It just gets repetitive. So seeing another team come in and taking it as seriously as Max is taking it and whether they're getting the the best drivers in the world and bringing them in under under the Mercedes banner or the Williams banner or the Haas banner, whatever they want to do, and uh, you know, or Andretti banner, whatever, it doesn't matter. And but being able to push these guys to, to the limit is going to get more eyes on it and 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 make people take it more seriously. So make people like you know Hamilton go, well, there's something in this because you know there's so much money in it, or there's so much this, there's so much that, there's so many eyes on it. Because that's what it is. If more eyes on it, it's just worth money to whoever's investing in it. That's why I'm a bit hesitant on saying Mercedes is getting something good out of it because I don't know what the um, the race numbers are like. Because yes, they've got a a series, an official series, but they're not getting. I guess they're getting the ones that are, are, are pitched alongside the actual Formula One races, but it just feels like it's not. When I think of iRacing, I'm not thinking of Formula One. No. And that's a problem because if you're thinking Formula One and you're thinking about simulators, you're thinking about F1 2022, which love it or hate it is is not good for iRacing and it's not good for Mercedes when they're putting all their money in iRacing to to get their their car in there. So, uh, yeah, I'd I'd prefer if there was another couple of options in there. I would like to be a race race the Mercedes against someone else. But anyway, talking about competition. R Factor Two. Who put this one in there? Because I've seen the pictures floating around on my on my website. Uh, web, sorry, on, on Google when I when I'm looking around, and there's a big update for it. And it, the car's actual update looks really good. What's happening in it, Braden? Yeah, so it's just a really big change. Um, a massive, massive, extensive update. Um, ready for Q2. I've never played R Factor Two, so can't really comment on what it is um, and how good it is or anything like that. But um, whenever you see an update with a, a list of things they're changing as big as this one, you kind of have to assume they're making some big strides forward. I know recently, if I remember correctly, uh, they've been doing a lot of work um, with motorsport games or someone. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly who. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about motorsport games. After. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before that, we get too far into it, R Factor is that the one where you can mod really heavily and there's a lot of Australian tracks that are modded into it, or is that? Um, so 
R Factor, the, the first R Factor had a lot, a big modern community. R Factor 2 is a slightly up, it, it's a it's a better version better of one. it. Yeah. Um, a Automobilista 2, I believe, uses the R Factor um, engine uh, from memory. I think, I'm trying to think now, it's, um, it was... There's either Automobilista or Automobilista 2 that used the R Factor engine. I think Automobilista 2 used just like one of the other engines. There's too many things going on with engines these days. Um, but yeah, it's effectively, it was kind of like just the basics of a game where you would actually mod it with R Factor 2. But since motorsport games and a couple of other people have bought into it, it's trying to become more and more of the sim racing platform and become that main option for a lot of things so especially for touring cars and things like that it has got a really good system in it the the tire modeling and the tire physics in r factor 2 are probably some of the most advanced out there um that's one of the big things about r factor 2 that you you will hear a lot from people when they talk about it compared to iRacing is the tire physics and the tire modeling in r factor 2 is just so very good um it just tends to work a little bit more. It feels a bit more realistic in some respects. And especially back in the day as well, it had a big advancement, a big advantage over that with tyres, which I know tyres are boring, but it is a major thing in motorsport. It's kind of, you know, the, one of the most important things about driving a car is the tyres. Um, so that was one of the big things with R Factor 2. Um, it is a huge update, which is great. And it's it, they're really trying to take it to iRacing and actually try and become competition in that respect and I think that's one of the big things is they are trying for the competition aspect they're focusing more on online multiplayer rather than single player experience which used to be more single player you know you're making your mods and modding it and having it and kind of like um uh what's it called uh, a set of Corsa you know a set of Corsa is just there's billions of mods out there R Factor it was R Factor effectively was like that. A lot of the mods on Assetto Corsa are from R Factor originally, um, and a lot of things were imported to each other, and they have you know a lot of crossover in that respect. Um, so R Factor and the original, um, the original R Factor and Assetto Corsa, there was a big modding community to it, and it was very open to that, and it was very more more open to sort of more single player experience than multiplayer experience whereas r factor 2 is going down the multiplayer route and trying to become more of the actual competitor to iRacing than it's sort of doing its own thing so it's trying to actually get that aspect to it if i remember correctly was r factor 2 the sim that was is basically has the rights to the actual Le Mans 24-hour at the moment. Is that right? Motorsport Games. And is that the one well, that... Well, Motorsport Games does. So, yeah. okay. So th there's been a lot of hubbub recently in the news. So news-wise for Motorsport Games, there's a lot of um, interesting stuff, shall we say. Um, so Japonic um, have released an article very, very recently, like last couple of days, uh, they they released the latest. They got the rights to in, to, to IndyCar, to the WEC series, uh, WEC, Le Mans, and NASCAR. Most importantly, so they released NASCAR Twenty One Ignition, the official game for NASCAR. And I don't know if either of you have seen much about that. No, no. I, I've I've seen Heat NASCAR Heat, and it's terrible. And yeah. what's the ignition? Um, so. If you if you know how bad Heat is, that is basically the game of the year um, compared to Ignition. Oh, wow. Ignition wow. is really, really, really bad. Um, so they've actually got the next-gen car in Ignition. So they actually put the next-gen car in there. You can only take it out at Talladega in a test session. And that's it. That's all you can do with it. Wow. So... <laughs> It's literally, you can take it out for a test session at Talladega, and that's all you can do with the next-gen car. Um, just, they, we're just reading here as well, uh, if you want to understand how broken NASCAR 21 is, or at least was at launch, there was one streamer that was held hostage in a looping pit stop for nine and a half hours <laughs> after being transported <laughs> from the track to the pits at random. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like, it, it was it was, it was so broken and it still is broken. It is really, really bad. And it is to the point that NASCAR are actually looking for loopholes to actually get out of their license deal. They are trying their best to get out of the deal and get out of motorsport 
um, motorsport games um, umbrella. Um, so they are really trying to get out of it. And there's also been a couple of court cases over the last year with motorsport games where they've uh, been sued by their investors for being lied to. There's been a lot of background shenanigans, I'd like to say. And there is, there's been a lot of things of them actually taking money and then not going on with the promises. So there's a lot of dodgy stuff in the background, allegedly. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll use the term allegedly here, uh, of course, uh, just so I don't get any lawyers coming to the door. Um, but it has got to the stage where there's questions about the upcoming... Uh, so they've got the 24-hour of Le Mans virtual race game coming on, the Formula E game. They've got the... Uh, that's what it was. I remember yeah. the news they got the Formula E license, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's actually really interesting. That'd be cool. Yeah, again, like they, they got loads of licenses, and... They've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of games, and they've actually got some decent stuff out there in the past as well. Um, with uh, Cartcraft, um, you know that's a really really cool game. Like, and Cartcraft is you know it's it's actually really good. And you know you sort of go, okay, well that's great. They bought into our factor too. They bought a majority stake of it as well. So they they bought an owning stake. They don't actually they didn't develop it. They didn't do anything for it they just bought it so they invested in it in, in that respect so that's sort of it and it, it sort of bought some licenses in there and i think they actually had some dlc for r factor 2 as well where they actually you could actually buy you get the indie car and stuff like that in r factor 2 but you have to buy it through motorsport games and again from what i've heard from people actually driving it it's not very good <laughs> uh and it's um yeah there's, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of iffy stuff in that respect so it's brought into question about the fact that they will be developing the games in the future and you know if they will maintain the licenses because there's a big thing about them losing the licenses they also were going to be doing the btcc game a new british touring cars game which for any toker fans out there like myself you know but we desperately want a new british touring cars game but it's Pretty much everything under their umbrella is kind of folding and it's in the last week alone there has been just pretty much constant news about them imploding uh, employees sort of telling things and you know news coming out about them having dodgy investments and stuff like that which has also gone on to shine poorly on r factor 2 which is a shame because at the base r factor 2 is really good um I was listening to something where apparently if you don't own every car on the grid in R Factor 2, you can't race in the online leagues, on online races, for example. Wow. So if it's a multi-class race, you can't do that. And that's a really big thing for iRacing, for instance. It's a huge game, you know, where you can actually, if you've got the car, you can race in it. You know, obviously it's annoying that you can't view things, but... Um, the, the fact, you know, if, if you've got a multi-class race with, you know, all the GT3 cars, you don't have to own all of those GT3 cars, whereas in R-Factor 2, if you don't own every different thing, then you can't effectively race it. And that there was, a, as I said, a, there's a few things I've heard in that respect, sort of about how it's not quite working how they want it to. Yeah, that's, yeah. The Formula E stuff was... was... Yeah, and Cartcraft is supposed to be good. I've never got into it, so it's sad no. to see things go the way they're going so far. Exactly. Like, I, we had, I think you guys had the conversation while I was away about um, iRacing not sort of pushing the boundaries where they should be or not, not really following through. And, and I think if R-Factor 2 was, was better or um, the other ones were better, we, we'd see iRacing putting in... Um, some bigger updates and some and stepping forward a lot better, which is what we really need. But yeah, sad. yeah, it, Braden, it's never never fun when things go wrong. No, Braden, I did cut you off halfway through the update. Was there anything that we probably should mention, or we're just we've covered it all? You now, you reckon? No, I clicked out of the article now, so I don't have my big list up. But yeah, it was it was a, a lot of changes from you know physics based stuff and gra graphics based stuff that added um, you know better particles for for new sparks um, off the car. 
uh, they've fixed up a bit about the way dry tire strategy works um, and you know a whole bunch of UI changes um, and added some new 3D sound engine um, as well which I'm sure you know sometimes people complain about the sound of the cars in iRacing I don't know why they do but I've heard that before so that's something they've added um, they've also got the Dallara IR18 added a test version uh, of that car, uh, which includes shift protection and engine cooling, and they actually updated the way that the engine uh, cools as well. I just had it. Uh, implemented enhanced cooling system for oil and water with new parameters as well. So, you know, it's, it's a really big update. It's um, got a whole heap of stuff, but yeah, like you said, I, uh, it's really tricky to see why you would move away from iRacing, especially if you've been on iRacing for a long time and spent a lot of money investing in, in the ecosystem almost that is iRacing um, itself now um, to go to another game. It would have to make some pretty big strides forward. Oh, sorry, another sim, another sim. Don't get your pitchforks out, people. <laughs> from there, let's move away before Braden shoots himself on the foot again. <laughs> and that brings us to the community news brought to you by Locked On Lads TV, who's been broadcasting Thunder all year long now for Anscar. And we will continue to keep on broadcasting Thunder at this stage if you are interested in sponsoring the, the or be, becoming a partner with uh, Locked On Lads broadcasting for the Thunder series. We are looking for some help there to bring those. Uh, cool cars to you to help keep the lights going and help uh you know get things going and all that kind of stuff but the main thing is we've got australasian supercar e-series we've got v8s going around ovals coming to you live from uh sunday the 8th of may uh we are taking over that series from now on so we'll be broadcasting that live every sunday so keep an eye out for that the tones of myself carl here and scotty rankin will be subbing in and out and maybe even one or two others uh, coming in as special appearances. Maybe Braden Martin might turn up. Who knows? But you need to ch uh, to tune in to Locked On Lads YT on YouTube, Locked On Lads on Twitch, or Locked On Lads on Facebook to find out. Uh, so keep an eye out for that starting very soon. Uh, but let's get into these community results that we're here to talk about tonight. We will jump straight into Anscar because we have Carl here with us. Um, there is not many results tonight, like I said, in many episodes before, uh, hit us up. We are happy to get uh, results on to the podcast whenever we can. Uh, if you want to record them for us, we'll chuck them up. Uh, if not, talk to us uh, through our Discord or Facebook, and we will try and work out a way to get your results on our channel because we want to promote the community results and, and the people doing community leagues as much as we can. But, Carl, what's been happening besides you winning the figure eight race in Anscar? Um, yeah, well, that, that was the Anscar and Weekend Warriors collaboration for Easter, of course. Uh, but that uh, you can hear all about that, of course, in the regular podcast. But we start off with the truck series, the Affinity Construction Truck Series, headed to the last great Coliseum, a very dirty Coliseum that is Bristol Motor Speedway. Jaden Russell continued his impressive run on dirt, taking pole position. Um, the race started very well with a green flag run that lasted a fair bit of time before the yellows came out. Uh, and there were quite a few yellows, unfortunately, as the track became more slick. Uh, the racing became a little bit more favourable and it became a little bit easier. I was actually racing in this race, so uh, got a first-hand view of it from my truck, which was a bit more interesting and always a nice one to have. Uh, but it is always a difficult place to race on. Uh, the race ended, though, with a green-white checker restart with Russell pulling away for the win over Dave Douglas as trucks piled into one another down the back straight. It was a bit of chaos. Gary Wellman managed to weave his way through and get home third with Luke Traher in fourth and Joshua Carroll-Walden coming home fifth. There were nine cautions overall, um, but it was a really fun race at the end of it. So that leaves the championship standings as I had to click on the right bit now because I had the wrong page up, which is always fun. Um, the championship standings with the Affinity Construction Truck Championship. With two races remaining, of course, we've got Phoenix and Darlington coming up 
as this. It is Danny G still in the lead with a four-point lead over his teammate Hamish Gallagher, five points ahead of Jane Russell in third. Fourth is Joshua Micklemore with 19 points off the leader. Luke Trahez sits fifth, 30 points down. 34 off the lead is Maddie Ray in sixth. Seventh is Jason Martin, 40, Jason Martin 45 points off the lead. Michael Skurlock sits in eighth, 78 points down. 91 points down in ninth is Stevie Dub. And Norman Clark is in 10th position, 95 off the lead. Um, as I say, the trucks will be heading to Phoenix Raceway next week. So a slightly different racetrack with that one. And of course, that will be a, a difficult race, but it will be a fun one. Unfortunately, we don't have any broadcasting for the trucks uh, as of yet, but it is a really fun way to get into the Anscar series. Next up, we will head to the Thunder, of course, brought to you by Locked On Lads TV over on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, the race for uh, the Xfinity series at Talladega was sponsored by Dave Douglas's casting couch, DD's casting couch over on Twitch, uh, the 180 at Talladega, the ninth round of the series. And the question was, when was the big one coming? Ruben Phelps put the car on pole with an impressive single lap run, taking the pole position with only one lap at Talladega is an impressive feat. And Ruben Phelps absolutely pulled a beauty of a lap out. The start, we were treated to some beautiful pack racing with the cars running too wide for the early stages with a third line opening up around about lap 12. Um, however, we did see a caution come out when that third line came as a car got loose in the mid pack. This saw all but the mad dog, Steve Hoppet himself, come into the pit lane. Steve Hoppet would lead the race and lead early on uh, for another fair few laps. Lap 27, we saw another caution come out when Carol Walden and uh, Hurley got together with a net code incident. And this is where the big one happened because they were running third and fourth in the race. This took out a fair few cars. 34 cars behind them had to try and dodge the carnage. A few of them did, but many of the field were left broken and down on pace after that one. A few drivers were safe on fuel, others were touch and go for a while and had no chance to make it, but a couple of late cautions would make it so everybody could make it to the end on the fuel run, and this caught a few people out, unfortunately. Uh, we did see a really good charge from Ryan Jones, uh, who did pit for fuel while others didn't. He managed to work his way back up to the front of the pack. Uh, we would see another large wreck, a handful of laps re remaining, leaving us with a shootout at the end. Uh, Nathan Rollock was up at the front uh, for the first time, leading his first hands car race, so good job for him. However, an incident between him, Jones and O'Shea uh, would have a massive crash. Uh, Lachlan Capel, Closey May were also in with a shot of taking out the victory, but that big final accident saw a massive, massive moment. Uh, Ryan Jones actually crossed the line in first place but he had 12 instant points and had not served his penalty. So he dropped all the way down to 12th. And this meant it was between O'Shea and Micklemore. And it was a photo finish. Although O'Shea crossed the line first, he did so underneath the yellow line, which means he did not take the victory, which meant that the 31 of Josh Micklemore took the win uh, at the end of the day. Um, race results still stand as Dylan O'Shea in first place, but Josh Micklemore does take the victory. Uh, Michael Skurlock in third, Ben Vickers fourth, and Troy Davidson in fifth position. So championship standings for season one of the Thunder series looks like this after uh, nine rounds, of course. Two more to go. Next one will be at Dover, of course, sponsored by Locked On Lads. Uh, TV. Hamish Gallagher is the clear leader. He's still got a runaway lead, 29 points ahead of Michael Skurlock in second. Josh Micklemore, 47 points off the lead in third. Fourth is Jaden Russell, 50 points down. 56 points down in fifth is Ruben Phelps. Maddie Ray down in sixth position is 67 off the lead. Norman Clark, 80 points down in seventh. Eighth is Joshua Carroll Walden, 82 off the lead. Nine points down, Dave Douglas. And tenth is Nigel Patton, uh, 100. Uh, 92 off the lead, sorry, I should say. So finally, we will head to the Cup, which would head off again to that great Coliseum, the dirty, dirty, dirty oval of Bristol. Uh, very high banking, very difficult track, and it turned out that the uh, new Gen 7 car didn't quite like the back straight very much as it got very bumpy towards the end of the race. We saw a fair few cautions and a fair few incidents in the race as the big, heavy Cup cars did not particularly like running on dirt. Um, with the rear, rear diffuser on them, the aero really wasn't working for them, and it caught a fair few drivers out. Of course, 700 horsepower at the rear also does not help either. 
Jaden Russell would take the front row with Michael Scurlock on the outside. Another pole position for Jaden Russell, having a great run on the dirt, as you would expect. Russell would jump off to an early lead with Scurlock coming under pressure from Brenton Hobbo Hobson in uh, in the back. There would be a great battle between the two, but Hobson would finally take a hit the position. Scurlock would spin on around about lap 14, bringing out the first caution of the night. Russell would resume the lead and he would keep that spot for a fair distance in the race. Andrew Dyson and Josh Micklemore would do their best to keep up and put the pressure on the Synergy duo up in front. There's nothing they could do to catch the pair. The race would continue to run in uh, mainly 10 lap bursts, unfortunately, as we saw cautions come out uh, between sort of every little stint of action as a lot of cars really struggled and there were a fair few uh, sort of self-spin incidents. A change for the lead would finally come on lap 52 with Hobson making use of the high groove to make the move and get in front of Jaden Russell. Big moment came on lap 76 when the wreck at the front of the pack happened when Jaden Russell would spin the car at the restart, unfortunately, getting caught out on the high groove. He'd started every restart on the inside. He finally started on the outside with Hobson taking the lead, and it caught him out in a big way. The rear of the car lit up. He spun round, and there was a huge crash, uh, catching most of the field out. Hobson would weather the storm in front, though, taking out his second win of the season. Uh, with Dylan O'Shea coming home, in second place and Dave Douglas rounding out the top three. Uh, Dave Douglas really having a great race and flying under the radar for most of the night. Uh, in third position was Andrew, uh, sorry, in fourth position was Andrew Dyson and finally Riley Curtis in fifth who absolutely snuck his way up there, barely being noticed at all, came up into fifth place after starting from 25th on the grid, uh, biggest mover of the night for sure. Championship wise, in the cup it looks like this it is hamish gallo uh sorry that's the wrong one oops whoopsie daisy um always good when you have the wrong one up that's okay i'm sure no one comes to listen to our actual professional skills at all no no your voice that's it. They, they love the, the dulcet Dorset tones of Mr. Carl Wilkinson with me, of course. Uh, I could, of course, do this in a more Dorset way, if you like. Uh, so it is Brenton Hobson up at the front of the table with his two victories uh, with a 14-point advantage over Andrew Dyson in second. Neil Pearson sits in third, 26 point, points behind the leader. Fourth is Michael Scullock, 30 points down. 48 points down is Jason Martin in fifth. Sixth is Edward Foster, 56 off the lead. 76 points down is Riley Curtis in seventh. Eighth is Brad Allison, 78 off the lead. 80 points down is Josh Micklemore and... In 10th position is Paul Jackson, 86 points off the lead. There is no lucky 31 as only 28 cars appeared for the race at the, the Dirty Dirty Bristol race. So no lucky 31 to report on for that one. Uh, so that is it from the Anne's Car Wrap-Up. As always, a big thank you to Locked on iRacing, to 24-7 Sim Service as well, the sponsor of the Cup Series. And you can catch all the action over on the Locked on Lads TV and, of course, the Anne's Car Facebook page and Performance e-streaming. Thank you very much, Carl. I was not doing other stuff in the background while you were going on about that at all, I promise. Uh, let us head to, as Carl gets a very big breather, uh, we're not, like we're not doing this one live, uh, we're going to hear from Alex McKellar about the amazing Sunday Night Lights and how good it's going at the moment and all the big races that are going on. Uh, so take it away, Alex. G'day everyone, Alex McKellar here with your regular instalment of Top Flight Skippy Action and the weekly wrap of Sunday Night Lights, where we'll be taking a look at round five that took us to the polarising or somewhat polarising Charlotte Roval. I do say polarising because there are many that dislike the free track and some that love it, but once again our SNL regulars came out and put on a fantastic show. After a few weeks of high quality but low numbers, we saw a slight bounce back with three splits and our main focus, the top split, seeing a strength of field of 5,388. Once again, showing that Top Split TV on Twitch really is the place to be on a Sunday night. Qualifying saw 
one of our previous guns in Jose Soria return and take out the pole some two-tenths ahead of leading ANZ driver the Cowboy, Sam Devantia. Reigning champion Christian Perez and UK and I's Adam Miles filled out the second row with another leading ANZ driver, Brett McBurney, starting on the third row next to high-profile streamer Xavier Sanchez, who once again joined us for the big one, but put himself a long way further up the order than we had seen him previously, his pace finally on display. Other ANZ drivers in the field were Corey Lean, who started in 7th, the head clown himself, Vasco Sorovsky, who set off from 12th, and Neil Gardner, who snuck into the broadcast race as the final of 18 drivers, who set off from 17th. The spark to potentially light any powder keg in the race was Perez's teammate Adrian Rodriguez, who failed to set a qualifying time and started from the rear of the field and whose pace and aggression were immediately evident as he gained five positions by the end of lap one. As lap two wound down, there was a clear breakaway lead pack consisting of five drivers and led by Soria. Perez had made the move on Devantia to move up to second with Miles and McBurney content to trail the leaders and wait to stake their claim on the podium positions until the closing stages. The mid-stages of the race were characterised by the incredibly fast lap times of the front five with periodic changes for the lead between the two Spaniards, Perez and Soria, along with the consistent progression through the field of Rodriguez, who, by the halfway point in the race, had risen up 10 positions to be sitting in 8th. From there it was indeed Rodriguez who set the crowd watching at home alight when he bridged the gap between himself and the battling pair of previous week's race winner Nick Vaughan Roberts and ANZ's Corey Lean, and continued his attacking run, immediately splitting the pair in a move that was, as no doubt, surprising to Lean, who was in full attack mode with his eyes forward himself, as it was as smoothly executed between the apexes of turns three and four. This change, along with the subsequent move on Vaughan Roberts, saw Rodriguez complete his 11th overtaking manoeuvre of the race and saw him in sixth position by the end of lap 11. As the laps continued to wind down, the temperature in the front pack of five was lifted, with Sam Devantia being the first to make a solid move towards the end of lap 13 and moving himself up to second position behind Perez in the process. Miles 2 moving forward into third position, taking advantage of the Cowboys' decisive move to also go past Soria on the exit of the first of the two chicanes in the closing sector. The moves continued as the drivers crossed the line to start the penultimate lap, the lead pack going side by side in pairs through the final chicane with only three drivers emerging successful on the other side. The simultaneous moves made by Devantia for the lead and Soria to retake third position were successful, but they came at the expense of Miles and McBurney who both ended up facing the wrong way with damage on the exit of the final turn both ending up victims of the checkup through the challenging finish to the lap as the race-defining moves were made. The three leaders that remained continued to jockey for positions on the run into the final lap, and it was once again the final chicane, the final two corners that saw the story of this race play out its final climactic chapter as those same leaders went three wide on entry with Devantia and Soria pushing forward, only to find themselves coming together. And it was Perez who, like the Israelites crossing the Red Sea, saw it all open up before him as he was able to cruise through for an amazing victory. However, what was even more astonishing was the gradual unravelling of the lead pack saw Adrian Rodriguez, who I will remind you started in last position, cross the line up 16 positions to join his teammate Perez on the podium with a second place finish. Vaughan Roberts made it two podiums in two weeks with a third place result just ahead of what became the leading ANZ driver in Corey Lean who finished fourth and Xavier Sanchez who secured his best SNL finish in fifth. The other ANZ drivers were led home by Brett McBurney who finished 10th with Sam Devantia 
becoming the first driver in 27 seasons of SNL racing to cross the line backwards for his 12th place result. Vasco Sorosky having an unhappy night, finishing out of the points in 14th place, and Neil Gardner rounding out the field in 18th. Briefly looking at how the ANZ drivers fared in the other splits, Team Milo were ably represented by Donald Sabinal, who led the ANZ charge in the second split with his third place position ahead of Paul Wilson and Mitchell Nichols in fourth and fifth respectively. After his top split run last week, Nathan Verney for Locked On iRacing was in the points with his eighth place finish just ahead of the great Ken Himes in ninth. Ryan Portelli could only manage 14th with Mark Jeffo Jeffrey out of the points this week in 16th. SNL stalwart Jason Wilman turned out again and had a great run in the third split, finishing in second. Turning our attention to the championship standings after five rounds, despite only qualifying 10th and finishing 6th, the lead is retained by Japanese driver Naoya Nagai. His Japanese compatriot Yamato is replaced on the podium this week by another Japanese driver and SNL rookie Hikaru Sasaki. And the pair from the Land of the Rising Sun are joined on the provisional podium by leading ANZ contender Sam Devantia. Other ANZ drivers in the top 20 are Mitchell Nichols in fourth, Vasco Sorovsky, who fell four position to sit in eighth, just ahead of Brett McBurney in ninth. Mark Jeffrey drops a few this week, scoring no points, sees him in 12th, with the only man to have more SNL races under his belt, Jason Wilman, just behind him in 13th. Paul Wilson is also just behind in 14th with Nathan Verney in 16th. The great Ken Hyams currently sits 18th with Team Milo's Donald Sabinal breaking into the leaderboard this week in 20th. As we look forward to round six, next week the SNL caravan remains in the US for the fifth straight week in a row as we head to Road America where a balance of speed and strategy are likely to win out and what will no doubt be another spectacular race. For this season has continued to see amazing support from the Skip Barber community as we once again see an average strength of field of over 5,000 week in and week out. And I have to say in the 26 seasons that I have been racing and now broadcasting the ANZ strength of field race, the quality of the racing has never been better. It is a real testament to the skill of the drivers who race with us each week and really does shine a light on how fantastic the racing in this category can be. So thank you to all the drivers who turn up and race each and every week across all the splits. We really do appreciate your ongoing support for as we say, our series is for the community, by the community, and that's how we like it. But for now, folks, and until next week, I'm Alex McKellar. And until our paths cross again... Ciao for now. Thank you so much for that, Alex. As always, great to hear your voice on the podcast. So, quickly, a bit of a poll here. We've got three people up. Do I change the YouTube channel to Locked On Lads TV or leave it at Locked On Lads YT? Uh, Braden's muted. So, Carl, your idea? <laughs> Um, I, I think YT, I like YT, Locked On Lads YT. It just sort of rolls yeah. off my tongue a little bit. Okay. Right. Oh, this is awkward because my vote was for Locked On Lads TV. I feel like that was more nice to say. Okay, cool. I'm sitting there. I, I, I was literally looking it up while Carl was doing it. I'm like, should I just do it mid-thing and then just change the outro and just see if anyone noticed and, and like promote two different YouTube channels during so the I, one podcast? I probably better not do that. So obviously Locked On Lads just as a channel was taken. Is that why you have YT? Yeah, I've got Locked On Lads as the channel, but then someone else started Locked On Lads YT, and then we just... Um, actually, no, someone else started Locked On Lads. I couldn't... I had my Wilco's Chill Zone with all the subs on it already, so I wanted to move that over, and I cancelled Locked On Lads, but it wouldn't let me rename Wilco's Chill Zone to Locked On Lads, so we had to do it quickly because we are doing some stuff, and then so I just put get YT on the end. So that's where YT came from. Um gotcha. I think Locked On Lads TV would work better because it is becoming more and more of a broadcast thing. So it I is. think in that respect, it makes a bit more sense having the anyway, TV on the end. Random topic to just to throw in before the outro of the podcast. Why not? That's what we do. We just go go weird places, but we'll see. I'll, I haven't changed it yet. It's, it's hovering over it, but let's go with it. Well, that's a wrap for tonight's podcast. But before we go, we where can we find you, Braden? And what have you coming up this week? 
Yeah, uh, Scops this week, so I'll be trying to get my head around Road Atlanta. Um, I actually have been streaming, so I guess you can uh, head over and find that at twitch.tv slash the1dwade. I'd like to try and notch up a couple of races at Road Atlanta before Scops comes around, assuming that I can squeeze myself into second split, so maybe I'll try and stream those there, and maybe you even find me on an oval or two again this week maybe i'll have a crack at talladega or uh do something crazy like getting an indy car or something i don't know we'll see what happens sounds great we can never forget about car with where can people find you and what have you got on the agenda for this week's racing uh, racing wise i've got no clue if i'm gonna actually get any time to actually get into a car but i will be talking about them lots it's going to be a busy one as we have got the uh, the rounds coming up with, of course, Anne's car it is the Talladega race for Anne's car, which has a fantastic prize, which we talked about last week. And of course, is on the Anne's car Facebook page. Um, there is also the Weekend Warriors series coming up on Saturday for their Anzac 400, 400 laps around, uh, 400 miles, I should say, at Talladega um, for them. So that is the Anzac round celebrating all of the veterans from Australia and New Zealand, a fantastic course. Mark Johansson, the, the organiser over there, of course, is actually a veteran himself. So um, it's always great to get involved in that one. So I'll be busy talking about that. Um, of course, you can find me over at my YouTube channel, which is Screezilla, S-K-R-E-E-Z-I-L-L-A, uh, where I will be uploading a couple of videos. I'll be uploading, I'm currently working on my Anzac special, actually, uh, which is uh, going to be a lot of work. I've kind of got the script written, but I need to actually do the actual video work, which is always just a terrible, terrible thing. Um, but I will also be uploading highlights of uh, a fun Easter weekend race uh, that we had from Anne's car and the Weekend Warriors series, uh, where you get to see me absolutely dominating. Uh, spoilers, I should say. You get to see me dominating, taking a fantastic <laughs> victory uh, through pure skill alone uh, at um, uh, in against some of the best online races in Australia. Uh, Wilco, yourself. <laughs> uh, please go listen to the live version of the podcast, just so you can hear Carl's take on it. Um, it was really, really good. Now I'm supposed to say, Braden, put this in the run sheet. So I'm supposed to read it word for word. You just stuffed it up, Carl. So I say, awesome. And you can find me at um, Locked On Lads YT, maybe Locked On Lads on Facebook, Locked On Lads on Twitch. Um, I've got, so I'm in that really weird spot. I've just come back from holidays. So I've got two weeks before I move into my new house. There's possibly two weeks before I get my new rig. I'm like, do I jump on this thing? Do I race? Do I just sit back and broadcast? I don't know. I'm in, in, in two minds. But either way, I will be broadcasting on Wednesday night. So that's where I'll be. You'll catch us on Locked On Lads um, TV. You'll find on all the places that we've been talking about many times before. Uh, getting ready for uh, doing some stuff in the background to get ready for when we take over for uh, the V8 online oval series. So that's... Um, 8th of May, like I said, uh, but at some stage next week, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, the um, the Cure Cancer Super Heroes the Streamers um, campaign starts and we'll be going for two weeks. So I'm just going to lock down a whole heap of stuff for that uh, as far as streaming and other things goes to help raise money for cancer, um, which is pretty close to me at the moment. But... Um, yeah, so there'll be some, one broadcast during that. Unfortunately, we're not broadcasting much during that two-week period. Uh, we are hoping for Locked On Legends series coming up. The problem is I'm also moving house in that two weeks, and the night I want to do all the stuff is pretty much one of the nights that I'm moving houses. So uh, a lot of stuff up in the air at the moment. But we'll hopefully be getting some Tom Clancy games happening during that period. Uh, but either way, uh, definitely check us out. Keep in contact with us over at Locked On Lads uh, slash Discord. Uh, you can keep in touch with Locked On Lads on Facebook. Uh, if we do stream, it's Locked On Lads YT at the moment on YouTube. That may change, as you heard before. Uh, but also Locked On Lads. Um, uh, yeah, basically, uh, definitely find that. We'll go Chill Zone is where I'm chucking up random photos from my holidays at the moment, random photos of my new house, 
and then any kind of other weird stuff that I get when I get time to think about doing social media, which is not very often. Um, that's where that's going. But thank you very much for everyone who listened tonight. Thank you, Carl and Braden, for putting up with me tonight. I know we went twice as long as we normally do, or as we do without me. But it was a good fun having um, doing the live version as well. So hopefully it's something you guys might enjoy. Give us your feedback. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, everyone, and bye for now.